what? What is it? Let's bring DA into the conversation here. Welcome to Who Comic is Jason on the Athletic Podcast Network. My favorite thing you've ever done in print or electronic is the six degrees of Chucky Brown. With David Aldridge. And there's nothing you can do about it. You don't have subpoena power. You are not the United States Congress, okay? You cannot compel somebody to turn over their phone records to you. And Wasney Lambert. Even if you want to say, say, Boston, that Kyrie Irving was tampered with. Kemba Walker wasn't. Right, exactly. What are we talking about? Poops and Jasons. Five, four, we have ignition. Welcome to week three of Hoops Adjacent. David Aldridge here, along with my partner, Waz Lambre. Waz, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. How's everything going with you, David? Man, everything is good. We're just here in D.C. getting ready for the start of what should be a rather bleak wizard season. <laughs> I think y'all, y'all, y'all going to be pretty good out there in La La, though. Uh, you got two squads yeah. that are going to be pretty good. Let me run this past you. Like, which one are you more excited about watching? The Lakers. It just really? feels like it's yeah, it's gonna be more dramatic. It's gonna it's gonna be more of a circus atmosphere. They just always know how to provide drama, and for us, that means content. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm definitely most excited for the Lakers because I think, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how they figure out how to work the AD and LeBron thing. Yeah, I think they're going to be better than most of the smart people think they, they're going to be. Like, I'm more bullish on the Lakers than most people. I think they could put together a five-man closing lineup that's good enough, right? Like, yeah. I think somebody like KCP, Kuzma, mm-hmm. Danny Green, even Avery yeah. Bradley, right? I think they're good enough to make open jump shots when right. they get them. Not that they have to create open jump shots. They just catch it. And shoot it. <laughs> right. I right. think they're competent enough to do that. I think they'll defend well enough when it matters. Um, I think they're going to be pretty good. I, I, I'm And the Clippers, that like, you know, Kawhi with the load management thing, I've, I've read stuff where it's like, like oh, he's not going to do the 66 games thing. That was just a last year right. thing. Right. I'm not convinced of that. Really? Uh, again, Paul George, um, People seem to think the shoulder injury is not going to matter that much. I don't know why. Right. He had two <laughs> surgeries. Uh, I, you know, I, I think they'll, they're going to be great when it comes to the playoffs. Like, you know, they're going to have the high-end talent that I think it matters when it comes to postseason play when everybody's trying their hardest. Um, yeah. But I, I just think the Lakers are, are a more fascinating story. I got to tell you, man, I, I'm, I'm fascinated at, at your answer because – Man, I, I've been under the impression that, you know, the millennials and the younger folks uh, had kind of written off the Lakers, kind of like, you know, that's my that's my grandfather's team or that's my dad's team. You know, like I'm not really feeling the Lakers because they ain't done nothing in a minute um, and would gravitate toward the Clippers because they're the young, fresh kind of hot team now with, with Kawhi and uh, with PG. And and you're telling me that, uh, no, nah, man, the purple and gold still were right and still get your attention, huh? Yeah. I, like, to me, I still think LeBron is the most compelling story we got have in the NBA. Like, I still feel that way. I don't know mm-hmm. about you, but to me, whatever he's doing is what's most interesting yeah. in the league. Even when they stunk it up last year, it was still the biggest story we had in the NBA. So, for me, whatever's happening with the Lakers is going to hold my attention more 
then, you know, and the Clippers kind of have a kumbaya situation. Like, let's just say, <laughs> let's just say the Clippers come out and they start four and six. Right. Nobody's really going to panic or care that much. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, and have fun with it. The Lakers come out four and six. That's going to be an issue. Right. Everybody's getting fired, all that nonsense. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. Right, right, right. So I still think what's happening with them is easily the more compelling, interesting story. That's, that's, yeah, I, I agree. Look, I agree with you. LeBron, look, LeBron is the best player in the league, period, end of sentence. It's not, to me, it's not, I mean, it's close, but it's not debatable to me. I mean, so I'm all, he's still, to me, the best player in the league. He had a so-called bad year last year. Let's look up the numbers and see how, what a bad year for LeBron looks like. Um, and with everything else that comes with LeBron, I agree with you. He is still must-see TV. Um, he's still compelling. Um, I was just surprised that after a a very bad season where they didn't make the playoffs, that people would be. But you know, getting AD there obviously makes a big difference. And as you mentioned, adding Danny Green and Avery and Quinn Cook and all the vets, uh, which I think who I think will fit much better around LeBron and Anthony Davis than they tried to do last year, uh, could be compelling. But there's no question that LA is going to be the epicenter of hoop this year. Um, you could just basically live there all year and go to a different game every night and see each of these two teams every night. Um, and you'd have something great to write about or something great to talk about. So, and you know what else, Dave? Um, I think especially because we were at summer league when the Kawhi news came down because it was a twofold move. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, yeah, Kawhi spurned the Lakers and, that he made the trade for Paul George. It was right. just like such a like a huge happening, right? Because they got these guys at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, or the news came out that they got them at the same time. So I think that made it feel a lot huger. Like, oh, this is a crazy story. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they're still the Clippers. Right. <laughs> and that's not even to be dismissive. They don't draw as much attention. Anybody right. can tell you that. Even Blake came out. And said it the other day, he was like, man, it's going to be a cold day in hell before Los Angeles turns into a Clipper town. So, but I think, you know, the initial shock of the move generated a lot of buzz and excitement. But I think throughout the season, the Lakers are going to carry the weight of news and buzz. I just just feel like that's what's going to happen ultimately. Man, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to watch that dynamic um, because, you know, Steve Ballmer ain't trying to play for second. You know what I mean? Oh, no, so, he's not. And that's know. exciting. That's what's exciting about him. He's like, fuck this. I'm getting my own arena. Right. I, right. You know, yeah. I'm bullying the forum group out of their little territory. And I'm right. building my shit in Englewood. Like, I, like, five he, minutes I love what he's doing. <laughs> I love it. I love what he's doing. He's like, I'm going to call the Rams owner buddy up with him. Like, we're making <laughs> right. this thing happen. Yeah. Um, I love it. I, I uh, love what he's brought to the Clippers. Um, his emphasis on competence, right? Yes. Not like whatever homies that I know from Portland and Seattle. Like, no, 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 no. Who are some of the most competent people in this business? Let me bring them in. Also, let me, one, bring them in, because it's one thing to bring competent people in. It's another thing to empower them, right? Yep, you right. think of, like, Donnie Walsh back in New York, yeah. where he was strong-armed into sending a bunch of assets over for Carmelo, and he's like, you know what, I quit. 
I'm just like, I, I'm not even allowed to make smart moves. I'm a smart person. Right, right. Not being allowed <laughs> to make smart moves, right? Ballmer's done the opposite. He's empowered smart people. Yeah. And the proof is in the pudding, man. They're they're they're, they're reaping the benefits of that. No doubt, no doubt. Well, let's 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 talk about these. Uh, almost, well, it's almost laughable to me, but the league finally woke up and realized, oh my God, there's tampering going on. Really? <laughs> oh, we should do something about that. So um, we did. Uh, we see that the league is going to talk about this on Friday. We're taping on Thursday. Uh, the league's going to talk about these potential tampering rules and potential uh, fines up to $10 million for teams that are caught tampering. And to me, that's the, that's the, um, that's the nut that's going to be hard to crack for the NBA. Exactly how you're going to catch people tampering. What do you, what's the mechanism by which you're going to catch people tampering? There's only, to me, Waz, there's only a couple of things that you can do. You can subpoena somebody's phone records so you can see their texts and you can see the people that they call. Uh, or you can set up a snitch line, which is part of what they're doing, which is the supposedly people are going to call to anonymously report rules violations or tampering. Good luck with that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Good luck with that. That's ridiculous. They're going to hire the NSA as a consultant. Right, dude. exactly. <laughs> that's what, they, that's what they're going to do. They, like, it's... It, this is why I can't take this serious because one, it's owners doing it to other owners. Right. Right. It, it's right. the idea that like, it, it's like, who are you? Who's this enforcement coming down on? It's your fellow owners. That's why I don't think this is, this is going to carry any water or go anywhere because here's the thing. When the owners want to be in lockstep with each other, i.e. collective bargaining, they do it. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. When they actually want to work together and ensure that they're pursuing the exact same ends, they do it. This ain't one of those cases. So it's not going to happen. And we talked about this on the show the other day when, um, you know, some reports about some of the stuff they were thinking about doing, like $10 million fines and this, this, that, and the third. Mm -hmm. um, Zach Harper brought up a beautiful point. He's like, even if you want to say, say, Boston, that Kyrie Irving was tampered with, Kemba Walker, was it? Right, exactly. Like, what are we talking about? Exactly. <laughs> what are we it, talking about? Nobody is Caesar's wife in this regard, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all all are doing it. You're all dirty. And so it's going to be the wild, wild west. Everybody's just going to be reporting each other, and every team's going to get fined $10 million or $5 million. I mean, this. I wrote this in July that they should just get rid of all this stupid tampering rules and just let everybody do whatever the hell they want because they're going to do it anyway. And there's right. nothing you can do about it. You don't have subpoena power. You are not the United States Congress, okay? You cannot compel somebody to turn over their phone records to you. You know, you can ask, but you can't make somebody do it. And even if you could, do you really think agents and, and executives do their business on their primary cell phone? I mean, I've got a lot of GM cell phones. I guarantee you, they ain't talking to the agents on that cell phone. So how are you going to how are you going to enforce this rule when everybody's got seven burner phones? What are you going to do? Yeah, you and, you know? and they, you know the thing too, Dave. Like ultimately, why should this matter? Exactly. If you can, if you can prove to me that, and and I'm somebody who thinks that KD knew he didn't want to be with um, the Warriors, basically. Once he decided to do his one-year thing again, 
Yeah. Um, the decision had been made. I'm leaving this place after this one year. Um, if you could prove to me that KD played less hard somehow, knowing <laughs> that he was going to New York, right. the guy that obliterated his fucking Achilles <laughs> for that team, if right. you can prove to me that he played less hard for his employer because he was quote-unquote tampered with and had conversations with his next organization, then, all right, let's have this discussion. But until you can prove that guys are actually not doing their jobs as um, to the fullest um, capacity of their mm -hmm. abilities right. while they're with their current employers, you need to shut the hell up and stop crying. I, I went to a high school was that was always accused of tampering with play with high school the basketball Matha. players. I went to Dematha. And they all oh, oh, Dematha tampers. They always said that for years and years and years. <laughs> and I used to always say, prove it. <laughs> prove it. <laughs> you know, you know, if you can prove it, I'll listen to what you have to say, but you gotta prove it. You know, you can talk all you want, but you gotta prove it. And that to me is how do you prove it? How do you prove tampering occurs? Well, one of the ways you can prove it is if an owner goes on the Michael K show <laughs> and tells him that he's been talking to agents and right. they're hearing great things <laughs> about what his son is. That's one exactly. way exactly. you can prove it for right. sure. From what we've heard, I think we're going to have a very successful offseason when it comes to free agents. The, the, uh, That's and, how they got uh, the heat in 96 you know, when Alonzo Mourning went on the Up Close show. And talked about the contract he was about to sign when he wasn't able to sign it legally. And that's how they popped the heat. That's how they finally popped the heat and wound up, you know, Jawan Howard had to go back to Washington from Miami because he had signed a big contract with Miami. The only way they could prove it is the clip of Alonzo on the Roy Firestone show talking about it. <laughs> Other than that, I got nothing. <laughs> because how can you prove it? Just take an argument. How can you prove if Danny, if you have a phone, even if you have a phone record that says Danny Ainge called Rich Paul, or Rich Paul called Danny Ainge on June 27th. Isn't Rich Marcus Morris a, a exactly. client? Exactly. <laughs> so what are we talking about? They could have been they talking mean, about the weather. What do you know? How can you prove what they were talking about? Well, you, well, that's what I mean. They have to contract the NSA. They can get the, the transcripts, I'm right. sure, right. Are on some cloud, um, on some server in Utah, I bet, uh, you know. <laughs> I don't like I just don't understand why like this is this reeks of and I mentioned this before just reactionary stupid ownership crime mm -hmm. um like for instance when LeBron and Chris Bosh and all of them went to Miami in 2011 right. um right. part of it so that they could do their full six-year deal which is funny because LeBron didn't end up staying there for six years. But whatever. <laughs> Part of it for, for the six-year deal, so you could get the full boat max, they did a signing trade. And yeah. in that signing trade, Cleveland ended up getting some first-round picks for their trouble. Right. For right. the quote-unquote trouble of, like, I'm leaving your ass anyway. Right. Here's, here's a couple of first-round picks right. so you, that, so, you know, to keep you warm at night right. since you're crying that I chose another team, right? Yeah. Exactly. Dan Gilbert <laughs> went into the next CBA crying, was like, the only reason this shit could even happen mm. is because we allow signing trades. Yep. Now, KD, a whole bunch of people left their teams anyway without the signing trade, didn't give a damn about signing the full boat, max years, max money. Right. And guess what? OKC got jack shit for him leaving. Right. <laughs> right. And so this 
reeks of that. It's like this reactionary thing of owners who just are so used to getting their fucking way constantly, <laughs> and they're just crying right now. It's, yeah. it's it's incredible to me. It is, and it's it it's well, it's ridiculous uh, to me. I just don't know how you're going to pop possibly enforce this, but we'll see. We'll see. Let's, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to bring in my man, Jason Jackson, from the Miami Heat Broadcast Network to talk about Jimmy Buckets going down to South Beach and some other stuff. Back in a second. Welcome to Hoops Adjacent on the Athletic Podcast Network. First of all, I'm pumped to say hello as Clippers to Paul and Kawhi. brother <laughs> there he is, there he is. <laughs> you all got me all riled up now <laughs> let me just say that jason you are the most accommodating guest i've ever had in my life and i've been doing this for many years you are so nice whatever you need i love it thank you earbuds thank you so much amphetamines <laughs> 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 This is all part of the process. See, it's a program. This is, you know? this, is, this is the version. See, why this is what happens when you've been in Miami for about 20 years. This is what well, happens. You're just like, whatever, dude. It's, it's, it's 81 and sunny. I don't give a <laughs> At 9 in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Whenever you're ready, David. All right, let's rock and roll. All right, three, two. Let's bring DA into the conversation here. Welcome back, and I can't believe you're still listening, but in case you are, back to Hoops Adjacent with my man Waz. I am bringing in now our guest this week, and to say I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the cheesy part first, but then the serious part later. Um, this gentleman is a proud graduate of Bowling Green State University, a Fighting Falcon, but more importantly, for the last. Gosh, how many years? I can't even count now. You have 16, been yeah. 16 years. Yeah. He has been the courtside reporter and TV host for the Miami Heat on Fox Sports Florida, Sun Sports. Also hosts the show, co-hosts the show on Sirius XM NBA Radio. He is my dude. Jason Todd Jackson, welcome to the show. Oh, you went government there. <laughs> Double D's, man. Never, never, ever trusted Todd with one D. That's, that's a rule of thumb. That's a rule, of, even if it's their middle name. Man, what a pleasure. Good right. to have, uh, good to have uh, this invitation to accept. Uh, this is this is going to be interesting because usually you were the one. On the other end of the question. I'm America's guest. Everybody knows yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so this, I can't wait. This should yeah. be delicious. Waz, what's good, man? I'm good, brother. Good good to have you on, man. I got to say, um, when LeBron signed over down there in Miami, that was actually my first time ever buying League Pass, ever. I was Because oh, I was strong. living in New York at the time, and I was like, I got to watch this shit. Like, I have to. <laughs> and so I got League Pass for the first time, and that's the first time I was actually introduced to your work. So, you know, it's been, what, shit, that's like eight years now. Yeah, eight, nine um, years, yeah. Watching you on TV and, you know, doing the sideline stuff and, of course, the halftime shows. So, you know, this is dope to have you on today. So, David, you didn't tell me we were on with a youngin'. Because, oh, obviously, yeah. <laughs> he was not alive 
or <laughs> present no. or able to stay up during <laughs> the greatest highlight show exactly. in the history of the NBA, <laughs> the NBA Tonight, starring David Aldridge. No, oh, no, no, thank I was, you. Uh, I was just there along no. with Freddie. Then. I'm glad you brought that on because that was the next thing I was going to get to. And right. this is the reason right. why I'm so happy to have Jax on. <laughs> I, I have said this to him and I've said this to other people. And I've been doing this for 30 years now and I've worked in – Three jobs in the last 30 years and three pretty good companies, right? Three three pretty prominent media companies. <laughs> um, and I have loved doing the jobs that I've done and worked with incredibly talented people um, over those 30 years. But it is not even close. <laughs> the years that I spent <laughs> with Jax on the NBA Tonight <laughs> – with me, Jax, and Freddie Carter <laughs> oh, doing that highlight show, which could have come, which came on anytime. And I'm, we're not kidding. Literally yeah. anytime between midnight and 3 a.m. It could be on, yeah. depending, because we were on the deuce at the time. <laughs> Listen, just tell us when to show up. Just tell us when it, just tell us when the light comes on. We'll be ready. <laughs> I'll have my banded collar and my cranberry <laughs> shirts before so, they required ties. It was good. So, I never before or since have had more fun doing a show than we did have on that show. I laughed my ass off every night we did the show. We had the best and most chill producer, Chris Lundberg, the yeah. incre incredible Lundy for most of that run. And it was just, it was just fun. It was just fun. Well, we were, yeah, I mean, we were young. And uh, no one was really watching us inside or out. No. And, and, but you know what? It's interesting because when we left to go cover All-Star and to go cover the finals, you would realize actually people were up and, and probably yeah. most west of the Mississippi. But it was there's still people. And yeah. we had an absolute blast. I would argue it was the closest thing to NFL primetime to any other, you know, sports specific show yeah. that was probably on the network. And we just, it, 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 there was a freedom to it um, that I'm sure management didn't necessarily <laughs> recognize or, or even connect to because, you know, it, 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 and here's what I'll say. I, I can put a stamp on fully noting and agreeing with what you're saying because both of us have been gone from that place for almost 20 years. Correct. And we still feel this way. Yeah. And you know, while while your departure could make you mad, mine was furious. So it was to, to it never that ends well. My, yeah, <laughs> but the fact that that's still my favorite thing from my television career is it. It speaks to that time, and and, and it was our love for this game, uh, the room to be creative and fun. Still to this day, one of my favorite features you've ever done. Okay, and you are a Hall of Famer. <laughs> okay, but the, my favorite thing you've ever done in print or electronic is the six degrees of Chucky Brown. I don't. People do not know oh the great God. dry erase board action that you put down <laughs> on connecting everyone in the history of the NBA <laughs> to Chucky Brown. Chucky Brown played for fourteen teams. I think is when it was the final number. So he literally played for almost half the teams in the NBA. That's right. During his career. So he had played with, over the course of his career, two or 300 guys. <laughs> and yeah. you could literally connect Chucky Brown through the associations he had to any player in history, essentially. <laughs> um, it was amazing. And, and that was the kind of thing we did. And the, the thing that I'm most proud of is that you had three African-Americans hosting a nightly, nightly highlight show on ESPN, you know, 
at a time in the 90s and early 2000s where that just didn't happen. <laughs> it just no. did not happen. <laughs> you know, and and to me, for me to be the quote unquote analyst as somebody who never played at any level of basketball and to have Freddie Carter, who was a head coach in the NBA, again, when that was very rare for, for African-Americans, um, and then to have Jax, I was, I, that's the thing I always remember, Jax, and I'm always most proud of is that we held it down and that people of all cues and ages responded to our show. I get no greater delight, David, than walking around NBA arenas or in airports or whatever, and people still can talk about the facts that that show was something that was important, mostly, and, and there you know, folks that are in our age group, but just that they stayed up and were committed and connected and actually watched me on television when I had hair. When you had that hair. That was awesome. <laughs> and I mean beautiful hair. I mean, so, we had, I had that, that texturizing. It was curling. <laughs> so when did, I forget now, when did you... When did you make the decision to 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 just you know end the madness? And it, just it has it has been nine years since yeah. I shaved it all off. That uh, we have some colleagues that don't let it go, <laughs> and I have I have been on the record uh, endlessly uh, about folks that think that they can have a patch of hair island, <laughs> and and that is enough. And 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 speaking uh, of our darkness and and the drums that beat within us from Africa, right. um, we don't have that come over ability, baby. No, like you, <laughs> the type of gel you would need to get that Cab Calloway look going. <laughs> Uh, it's not worth the effort. And so I simply said, uh, I believe it was 10, 10 uh, summers ago, let's give it a try. But the thing is, we've seen, you know, particularly through this game, brothers attempt that. Right. And so people got some hot dog packs sitting on their melon <laughs> or that or that fat back, you know. And I do have a little bit of a little, a little, fat little, little, there's a little meat back there. But I, listen, <laughs> camera doesn't catch that. OK, so I know how to stand. Uh, but for the most part, I have a tight, tight dome. So it was a, it was a good transition. Jax, I know the LeBron technology that he's using for whatever it is. Oh, here we go. Tag. Here we exist. go. That didn't exist <laughs> 10 years ago. But did you ever, did you ever think to attempt the Carlos Boozer nah. shoe polish nah. maneuver? I didn't have those. I'm a, I'm a sweaty dude, man. I can't. I have no opportunity to, to drop anything other than the Mac makeup that covers up any blemishes uh, when I am on camera. So I'm proud to have this this mahogany melon uh, present for all to enjoy. Welcome to Hoops Adjacent. Jax, let's talk about your squad, man. They made yeah. some news. And you knew Riles wasn't going to sit on the sidelines. I told people yeah. all this time. Riles don't do that, man. Not <laughs> for long. Wait. He will figure <laughs> out. He go, he's going to do something now. Yeah. And he got in on he got in on Jimmy Butler. So, um, you know, for where they are right now, and, and I wrote this in my offseason um, evaluations, I actually think it's going to be fascinating to me to watch the next two summers because they have guys – both this year and the next year, who are coming off, right. and they could clear so much cap room for 2021 when the next really good free agent class comes out. And I, what I wonder, what I wrote is, can Riles can Riles save himself from himself? Because you know, bro, <laughs> you know, bro's gonna be tempted by. Well, if we get this one guy, we could get in, and then maybe oh, yeah. we could we could win around or two. And it's just his nature. 
that he's always going to try to compete now to do the best that best he can now. So will he have the discipline to say, no, we're going to do it this way so that in 21 we can make another big role? Uh, David, you nailed it, man. If, if the team's competitive, right, and, mm -hmm. and you get past All-Star – and they're holding on to six, seven, eight, or even nine. You know, <laughs> you know the deal. Like, I don't. I've rid myself uh, a decade and four years. This is my 16th season. So about right after that first championship, where mm -hmm. we we continued to celebrate for a full year. You know, after <laughs> after the 06 title right. into the first round when the baby bulls swept us out. Um, <laughs> uh, when when that team transitioned out and. Shaquille was moved out to uh, Phoenix. That whole team was, you know, shut down, and that that was, I think, the year that led to the the Beasley Chalmers draft and kind of right. resurgence and Dwayne getting in shape, not getting in shape, but being healthy. Right. And that was that year he was almost MVP. The year after, but the year before that, uh, it was a complete mess. And that's the only time I've ever seen Pat just kind of look at the everything around him and go, "Okay, I get it." Right, it's, yeah. it's, we're yeah. not necessarily taking, but there's nothing here. Like, right, there's nothing. So, there's nothing to play for. <laughs> yeah, somebody calls who falls. Right, and, and let's get everybody in here. Sid <laughs> Powell, Stefan right. Lasme, Blakey mm. Hearn. Like, I'm, I'm hitting you with some good old all Sioux Falls squad right here now. Sky, yeah, Sky Force Unlimited. Right, mm. and this is before the the. It, listen, before the G League, it was before the D League was really right. even as connective as it is. So you could, you know, you get a feel for how far it had gotten. But other than that one season in my time, and only I think two, maybe three seasons in his 25 years now as president uh, of the Miami Heat, it, it just doesn't ever really get to the bottom. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I try to tell Heat fans all the time. You all can complain about not making the playoffs here or there, but you can go to places, and I'm and and. And you and I both know, prior to this run out in Oakland, are you kidding me? Right. Our entire adult life. 40, 40 years. <laughs> like 40 years. We're talking about <laughs> desert and Moses, okay? I mean, well, you got to pull open the Bible to find you know, that type of destitute feeling in basketball. So it, it's – Hey, it, Jax, you, you, you I'm, I'm from yeah. New York. You can, oh, you can yeah, tell the, them about uh, the New York Knickerbockers. Yeah, I can't do that with Heat fans. It's been 20 years of incompetence yeah. and just dreary, bleak outlooks, no. man. 20, yeah. To the point where this summer they thought they were getting KD and Kyrie. <laughs> Nothing and ended up with bumpkins. Yeah, I can't wait to. I need. To, I can't wait to give Fizz a hug. Fizzdale needs a, a hug. Uh, but but listen, it, it is extremely unique in that space, right, David? In mm -hmm. that it, there is kind of this defiance, yeah. even though you can kind of see that golden goose, you know, twenty <laughs> months away, right? Right. That if, if this comes together, Jimmy has one of his best seasons. Right. Goran, Dion, James. Uh, Jones are healthy right. on top of the young guys starts to to coagulate properly right and all of a sudden the heat find themselves in that second tier you you better you you get slapped talking about 2021 <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about this uh, the roster we we can talk yeah. about um uh I, I'm fascinated by by bam and what the expectations are of him stepping in now that uh, now that they've traded Whiteside to Portland in that deal um yeah. and what what they think, because I think small sample size last year, he had, I thought, some good minutes, some good, some good play, but also, yeah. you know, some some struggles. So, 
What are they expecting? Because again, with Pat Riley, it's always about the big man, always. So with Bam, the great thing is he fits Spolster's mentality of, of versatility. Yeah. So while he can at once, I think, prefers being the five, uh, he has some ability to get away from the basket. Um, he mm -hmm. can face it and drive it. Uh, he can, he's got a little jumper. Uh, it's so funny. When I first saw him uh, knocking down jump shots, I'm like, why did we see that in Kentucky? He's like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you got Fox and Monk. What the hell am right. I shooting for? You know, right. I, I, right. I had a job to do. Uh, and that's what Cal even jokes about. You know, Calipari talks about, you know, he gets these four and five star kids. He's McDonald all Americans come in and then he's got, they've got to buy it into a role. And if they'll buy into a role for nine months, he'll get them ready for, uh, you know, the NBA the from a mentality round. standpoint. Right. And exactly. Mm -hmm. And they play that type of defense, help to help her stuff anyway. And so, uh, they're, they're kind of uh, already in that space, but with Bam now, listen, it's it's his. You know, like yeah. the keys, the keys are his. There's nothing in the way. Uh, I think that defensively, from a rim protecting standpoint, uh, the instincts and ability are there. Uh, I think for any young player, man, help the helpers hard. Like yeah. it just is to instinctively leave your man and trust that the other is going to be there and not get caught in no man's land. Right, is the thing that you have to constantly work on. That's not a natural instinct from from the wreck to AAU, well, you ain't playing a defense at AAU, right. uh, to, to, uh, to your maturation early on in the NBA. And here's the other thing, that trust will be broken sometimes. <laughs> and, right. and, and you got to be able to let that be. But in a Eric Spolstra environment, if you're not defending your ass off, you're not going to play. Like, yeah. you will sit next to him. Mm -hmm. All right? And if you, if you don't believe it, Ask the guy who makes $20 million who's important right now, okay? <laughs> like, to, honestly, David, how many head coaches have those big old swollen ones mm -hmm. and also the institutional support right. to do something like that? Exactly. And that's what most organizations struggle with. Now, listen, I know I get a check from this one, all right? But I do get to watch all the other ones. Right. <laughs> and the one thing about this space is that while the players come and go, Head coach has been in the organization for 25 years. Right. 11, 12 is the head coach. The president's been around for 25 years. Only one family has owned the team all 32 years. Mm -hmm. You looking for change? You better look at jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, because thank God I need about 14 more of these seasons before mm -hmm. I can get that boat. You know, <laughs> head out to sea. Almost here, be right in line with everybody. <laughs> but but I think if if I think Bam's view is perfect in the sense of he knows what the deal is from Spo. It's come in, do the work, improve, add something else to your game mm -hmm. every single year. And that's about getting into the gym, you know, no less than 50 times in the summer. Right. And when you think about that, that's not a great deal of time, but it is a third of yeah. your time off if you don't make uh, if you don't make the postseason. For him, though, I ran into him right after uh, he was uh, released from USA Basketball. And I, and I said to him, you know, that I really hope that he had that opportunity because I love what happens to guys. Uh, yeah. Kind of their DNA changes a little bit yeah. when they come back from USA Basketball. Uh, but he had a great mentality. He said, you know, there's politics. And, you know, yeah. oddly enough, one of you know one of Pop's guys hung on, right, right. <laughs> during that period. <laughs> and, and Bam did. Whoa, I said, well, listen, whoa, man. Whoa. I'm just, listen, listen, I'm just saying. Uh, and so, uh, and I don't disrespect it. I mean, take care of your dudes. I get exactly. it. Um, and, but what I will say is I say, well, make sure. Every time we find ourselves in Oregon, San Antonio, that pop regrets that yeah. he did not right. that he right. did not uh, put you on that roster. And so it, it, there, there's so much room for him, I think, offensively. 
uh, as well, uh, because he does have the versatility. I don't think it just has to be, uh, you know, the lobs uh, or, right. you know, uh, and, and straight pick and roll. I think there's opportunities for him to get his back to the basket, work on some moves and counter moves. But he is so athletic that it does, you know, as, as, a, as a guard, uh, be, it, be it Winslow or, uh, or, or Dragic, uh, to just throw that thing to the heavens and, and let him go get it for the time being. Right. So, Jax, I want to ask you about the – sorry, Dave. No, no, go ahead. I, I want to ask you about the Jimmy Butler acquisition because, mm-hmm. you know, from where I sit, it seems like a perfect marriage, right? Like the yeah. Heat's almost sociopathic dedication to <laughs> the work. Yeah. The, the legendary training program, which is like all Jimmy Butler talks about is like, dude, you know how I got here? I worked my ass off. That's all I know. That's all I do. So when dudes aren't about that organizationally or the players that are on my team, it's frustrating and it kills me. So I see this Heat signing and I'm like, wow, Jimmy's finally met his match and crazy person, you know, working your ass off. Um, how do you how do you think this marriage is gonna work out long term anyway? He's gonna love it. I think he's gonna love it when he shows up. Listen, nobody loves practice like Coach Bolster. And, <laughs> and as a man, who wishes that he would cancel a shoot around or practice <laughs> on occasion? Because I do have to chronicle those things. Uh, that does not occur. He did move to a late, like kind of, uh, you know, like the five o'clock walkthrough right, uh, right. at the end of last season. Right. I, I thought I was. I thought it was a good getting up morning, boy. I thought I was <laughs> in the room, man. I was like, this is what heaven must feel like. Not having to be at the gym. At 10, and then, like, somebody has to be at work at 6 a.m. who's listening, by the way. I apologize. <laughs> this is all within perspective. I am the son of a school teacher, so I know that there are things that happen earlier in the day, but this is my mm. life, and this is how it works. <laughs> I, I enjoy this craft because it's at night, okay? <laughs> so exactly. with, with that being said, I don't think Jimmy is going to be disappointed at all with the work. Uh, James uh, Johnson has a great saying that there are, there are gym rats or there are fake rats. Mm-hmm. And in the Miami Heat uh, space, it's hard to survive if you're fake about it. Right. And even guys who have come in here with different reputations over the years, at least the 15 that I've observed close up, uh, you get you get exposed. And And the one thing you recognize about professional athletes, at the core, that's a competitor. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that competition gets triggered if you're less than in your own space. And so it's not necessarily about, you know, worrying about if a guy's going to change. You worry about if a guy's going to compete. Sometimes that competition exists in your own locker room first. And that's the space I think that uh, he's been looking for. At least it sounds like he's been clamoring for. And uh, he will find it every single day uh, at at the Heat facility. So uh, I think you nailed it in your, your assessment of, the, the very first bit of love affair. I think there's another layer to this, though, that for the very first time in his full-blaze all-star space, so I, I want to discount Chicago a little bit. The beginning the in Chicago. Exactly, the beginning yeah. in Chicago, yeah. uh, is that he is the biggest star in the room. Like, there, uh, that is, he walks yep. in, there's no That's question, fair. right? There's mm-hmm. no Towns, there's no Wiggins, there's no uh, Embiid, there's no Simmons. It's, right. it's, and that's all due respect to everybody in our, in our room, but let's be real. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I think there's only one guy in the room that's been an all-star at all, and that's Goran. Yeah. And so with that being said, uh, there is a leadership, a light that he is bringing in the room. And he, I think what he will recognize is that that type of thing matters in that building 
uh, in a way that he probably hasn't experienced yet. So, so run us through your boy, Tyler Hero, and what, uh, what do you expect? So I have this unique job. I can't do it this fall, and I'm so devastated. I have this awesome side hustle. Mm. Uh, thanks to John Calipari. You remember Cal uh, came and hung out with us yes. on uh, postseason yes. when he was uh, counting all that money from the Nets. <laughs> uh, he right. took some time and sat on the set. <laughs> I and remember. That, and that connection and friendship has lasted all these years. And so he brings me to Kentucky uh, to help him raise money because, as you know, when I get a microphone, I act like an idiot. And <laughs> apparently the Big Blue Nation enjoys my idiocy. Right. And so for the last five years, I've been able to see these kids before they roll out, you know, right. they're all still walking around with their little McDonald's all American jackets <laughs> on. Uh, Cal hasn't insulted their five stars yet. <laughs> uh, last summer, uh, he took a little, like, you know, these teams take these international trips, right? They go to Istanbul and Belgrade. And this dude goes to, to Nassau, right? <laughs> Do it right, baby. He's, he's got the whole squad in Atlanta. <laughs> Listen, y'all, they had 1,000 Wildcat fans mm. packing ballrooms to watch this team play these tragic Caribbean basketball teams. Mm -hmm. And it was, it, it just, I, I'm constantly astonished by uh, Big Blue Nation with, with Wildcat Crazy. basketball. They're insane. It's, it's unbelievable. Like I walk in and say Pat Riley and they, right. and they stand to their feet and mm -hmm. Pat hasn't played college basketball for 51 years. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a next, it's next level. Uh, but anyway, so I got to see Tyler. And every year I call my sons and I say who I'm watching. Like I, I'm, I'm seeing the next, I'm seeing the next. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and it started with Towns' crew. And uh, I remember when I saw Bam the first time I was like, Oh my God, I see the next Dwight Howard with a smaller head. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I and, 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 and for some reason I have this unbelievable affinity for white basketball players. I grew up in the suburbs. <laughs> it, it, it astonishes me. I love it. <laughs> and so like throughout the years with the Miami heat, like the guys that if you think it'd be like Adonis and Dwayne and, mm -hmm. and Alonzo and all these cats, man, I, I end up playing golf and hanging out with these cats and mm -hmm. it just, it just happens. It's the way it goes <laughs> uh, from Jason Williams, Jason Capono, Michael Doliak. It's ridiculous. <laughs> And so Dr. Doliak, I'm like, sir. <laughs> exactly. Through that, through that, through that. And so with, uh, and so here comes Tyler, right? I see this cat. I'm like, dog, I can get y'all my boys on the phone. I'm like, y'all, there's this white boy from Wisconsin. Okay. They think he's just a shooter, but he's about to jump up out of this, this pyramid. Okay. He's, he's buffing all fools in the layup line. I don't know what's going on. And then boom, there he is. Another Miami heat player. So I already knew that there was a little bounce to his game before everybody saw it in Vegas. The one thing that I know about him that I that that astonishes me that over the last few years, uh, Eric Spolstra has been very plain with guys who have uh, the crosshairs from long range. Let it go, let it rip. You know, yeah. and like do not. You don't have the only thing that's going to stop you is if you're not shooting. And as a matter of fact, I need three or four contested shots because the importance of how that spreads the floor for the guys that he has that have mm -hmm. to get to the rim. And so guys have, they, they've kind of hesitated yeah. uh, over the years. Yeah. And I've always w was weird about that because it's like, your head coach tells you to shoot right. and shoot <laughs> to the, to the degree where if you don't, you will sit next to him. Like, mm -hmm. I don't understand any more freedom right. that you can get from your coach, but guys like Wayne Ellington and, and, um, my thinking of Kelly Olenek and, mm -hmm. and a couple other guys over the years have all kind of hesitated initially before realizing Spoh's not playing, right? right? 
And they realize it because they're sitting next to him and he wasn't playing. <laughs> but then they get out there and they realize they can launch. When they told that to Tyler Hero, <laughs> before he went to Las Vegas, <laughs> I mean, he, his eyes must have jumped out because in Vegas, man, can we run through it? Put the ball on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, dribble pull-up, James, okay? Uh, catch and shoot. Uh, half court, 30 foot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he was presented with every possibility. And now our new head coach of uh, uh, of the G League squad, uh, Eric Glass, who was the head coach in, uh, in Summer League, mm-hmm. said that they're probably in the last, in, in his time, which is about 11 years, there's never been a young player who embraced being told what was expected and wanted from them and then executing it more than hero. Yeah. Man, unbelievable. He's got a lot to fight through, right? Like, so it depends on how things roll out. Like it's, so let's just make everything best case scenario. Right. Um, if Dion's back to 100%, 30 and 11 Dion, as we like Mm -hmm. to call it around here. (laughs) Um, and and Jimmy's, you know, obviously in the front line, is he going to be two or three? Where do you find hero pushing through? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and and how much of a traffic jam are you going to allow at point guard, even though he's shown an ability uh, to to get you into offense with some success and taking care of the basketball and, and, and making plays for himself and others off the dribble. Um, but you already got this thing that's going to look, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the whole Winslow Dragic thing rolls out uh, right. at the end at the end of the season before uh, Winslow got injured. Winslow was getting the nod. And, yeah, and, yeah. Dragic had missed 40 games through the injury. Uh, but, you know, that's those, those are, Eric's open with that, though. And Eric mm-hmm. Spolstra Positionless says basketball, it's the right? best. Well, but he's oh, yeah, that plus he doesn't mind hard decisions. Yeah. Make yeah. it hard on me mm-hmm. to make the call of who gets these first five minutes. And by the way, don't get fooled because with that dude, it's about the final five. Like those <laughs> last, that closing five, you get that group, that's the one you want to be in with him. Mm-hmm. So it's the Eastern Conference, so everybody's got a, a playoff team. But how, how can this team not just make the playoffs, but potentially do something if they get there? How dare you, sir? How, how dare you speak this way about my, my friend, the Eastern Conference, um, where the champion lies, right, by the way. Uh, the dismantled, the dismantled, disrupted champion. Uh, I, listen, it's the only, it's the only focus. And, and, and I would be stunned if this isn't a 45-win team, you know, on the low end. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, there, there's enough there. It's just new. So I, I wouldn't be totally thrown off if it didn't start off a little choppy because it right. just always does um, when you have these new components uh, and, and there's, you know, that, that savior factor that Dwayne kind of, you know, presented for 18 months. Isn't, uh, isn't in the midst anymore. You still have right. the culture carrier and Udonis Haslam. That's, that's going to let people fully know how it's going to operate, how it operates. But honestly, David, I've got to see this next step from the guys who aren't so young anymore. Right. You know, I, I've got a Winslow, Jones Jr. Winslow. and and uh, and Adebayo. I think really have to take ownership uh, over this uh, franchise, and they sound like they have. And so uh, now we're gonna put some eyes on it and see if if they're the leading edge of when when it, when the ten zero run is happening against you, who's causing for the tide to turn the other way? Right. When you have to have a defensive stop, when you have to have one more shot. Is that stuff starting to move into that group more so than relying upon the guys that we've seen in the past? Uh, Jax, I want to ask you about Coach Spo really quickly because 
to me, you know, obviously everybody would agree that Popovich is the best coach in the NBA, right? Um, I think whatever you want to do with the group afterwards, you have to put Eric Spolster in that group because um, he's just been consistently excellent for so long now mm-hmm. um, with all kinds of teams, by the way. Like, you throw any group at him and he's, like, going to figure out how to make it work, which to me is the sign of a, you know, truly a, a great coach. But he doesn't talk. He <laughs> says the same talking points in every scrum. He's like a machine, a robot. Like, what do you think uh, that is? He's a mystery. Why yeah. do you think that is? Because he chooses it. That, that's the thing. That he, for whatever reason, and, and there's another layer that even in 15 years of, of being his coworker, uh, that my only observation has been that he fully embraces, and it's a true, like, intellectualized scenario that it's not about him. Mm-hmm. And it's very rare when you find people who make their way to that first seat. It's amazing. That they're not talking about their inventions and their philosophies and uh, their view of how this game is to be played, the the play the right way mentality. And I listen, I love listening to guys and their bullshit because they <laughs> definitely own it. Like they own like guys, Patino, Calipari, like guys who I admire and and have spent time around Phil Jackson, Pat Riley, all these cats, they have a way. It's their way, and they're selling it, you know, like a snake oil. Mm. And they've all had some period of difficulty. You know, Phil had to wait till he wasn't coaching anymore to find his. But it was their way or nothing. Whereas with Spolstra, I have found this ridiculous ability to adapt to whatever ends up on the floor. Like no. and and his early years, he wasn't even concerned or about having a voice and personnel. Uh, he's earned it and, and developed in that space now, and is a part of the room. But he is so focused on uh, what we all talk about as a player-driven league. He believes it. He, he walks it. He talks it. Uh, now, listen, I don't get to go to practice a great deal, and when I do, I enjoy it thoroughly because the man can. Uh, can create a new orifice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, the man is not short of the ability of letting you know he's displeased. Uh, but he knows he's dealing with men. Mm-hmm. And he realizes he's dealing with professionals. And he understands that if you're going to have some success, there's a partnership involved in that. Uh, and, and I think because his entire career has been in the program, uh, pro game, and that he's been with this single organization – and he's had every damn job in basketball ops, you know, prior to this, right. <laughs> that there's a greater yep. appreciation and affinity for what it really takes. And that's a great, great, uh, we're done with ownership, right? We're calling them, it's govern governance, <laughs> governance. Great, great, great governance, <laughs> right? Which feels better, by the way. I think so. I call them governance. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm with it. I'm all about, you know, I use, I listen, I call you know, Mickey managing general partner all the time. There were some people Jax, in my bloodline that actually you, had owners. Like, it's legit. funny you should say that because when you guys were talking about the ESPN two days, I was like, damn, these brothers was hosting a sit-in. You know that. Oh, my God. They're like, break this studio up. <laughs> Don't make us get this water hose in these German shepherds. Uh, it, it, listen, uh, the, to have the stability and ability to have the resources that you need from the top 
down, to be able to create your staff and adjust your staff when you see fit, uh, to have a fully connected and stable development program from your G League team. Um, all of those things in, in place, he doesn't take any of it for granted and how it impacts what he's doing. And here's another layer, because again, the man doesn't tell his business, and I'm, I'm hopefully not telling too much, uh, is that he lets his coaches coach. Yeah. Like the people have, but Juwan Howard is fully prepared for the job he has as the head man at Michigan, because for the last half decade, he's had a full voice in that room. You guys, uh, DA probably knows a little bit better, but, but Dan Craig will be a guy who yeah. is going to stand as a head man. I don't know if it's at our level or collegiate or whatever, whether it's going to be, <clears throat> but he has a full voice in the room when, when, when Popovich put, pulled together all those assistant coaches a summer ago um, to give them a taste of USA basketball. Dan Craig was the guy who came from our space. Um, it, it's, it, it's a very, very healthy coaching environment where there's no mistake of who's in charge. And that's a unique NBA environment. Jax, I'm, I'm going to leave well enough alone because uh, we could do this for another hour. But um, <laughs> I want to point out two things. First of all, I can't thank you enough for being here and being awesome. on the show. And I'll say this in front of everybody. I love you. And you've been a friend to me for damn near 25 years now, man. And uh, I, I appreciate everything you, you've done for me and everything that we've done together. Uh, it's been a blast. And I, I leave you with this. Uh, <laughs> it is not – I don't believe in coincidences, but I do believe in fate. <laughs> And it, we were fated to do to tape this show yeah. on what day? What is it? Thursday! Oh my god! <laughs> Please explain that to everybody later. Okay, Honestly. don't do it now. Do it on another podcast, whatever it is. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to buy it all up in us. Okay? I'll explain it. To you. I'll explain it to you after we wrap here, Waz. But uh, there it is. There it is, Jason. Thank you for coming, man, and thank you all for listening. And uh, Waz, thank you for jumping in and being there for me again. And uh, we will do this again next week if you like to. And uh, check us out. 